Welcome to the Salt Church Podcast. We're a church that meets in the heart of Wollongong. Come and visit us on Sundays, 10am and 5pm at 275 Kira Street. We'd love to meet you. you tonight to celebrate Christmas Uh, and can I just say well done for arriving to Christmas. It is such a hectic time isn't it? It's so busy. Uh, Just today I'm thinking here's my brain today. Do we have all the gifts for every single person that we're meant to be giving a gift to? Do I have a gift for my wife? Uh, Is the lawn mowed? Is the house tidy? Is the food ready? What item do we need to get? Where are the kids? Um, yeah, where are the kids? Uh, they're, they're there. Um, is the car right? Is the camping gear good to go? We're, wa- we're going to go on a holiday, but are we ready to go? I've got to get myself to church. Is the dog fed? It just keeps going on and on and on, doesn't it? But we got here, and well done for getting here. And so good, isn't it, to celebrate Jesus. Just to pause, to go, this is what it's all about. Let's just remember the centre what we're here for, let's celebrate Jesus. And what we're going to do, what we're doing tonight, is celebrating the most significant arrival of all time in all of history. Do you agree with me on that? Do you agree that's what Christmas is all about? Uh, That's what we're here for, the biggest event in all of history. Let's remember him, let's celebrate him, Jesus who came into the world. It is a massive event, isn't it? Uh, You've got to stop and pause and just keep remembering this. The moment that God himself became flesh and entered our world. Uh, The moment the Lord himself turns up in person. This is the most royal member of the most royal family. He has landed. That's what Christmas is all about. And it makes sense, doesn't it? Uh, If you've got your Bibles open there, uh, leave them open to Luke chapter 2, the passage that Andy read out for us. It makes sense... But if God is going to turn up, before he turns up, he announces it with a massive show of angels. The angels of heaven announce God is on his way. God is coming. That makes sense, doesn't it? Look at it with me. Chapter 2, verse 8. Did you hear these words? An angel of the Lord appears to those in 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 the fields and the glory of the Lord shone all around them. And the angel said to them, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, now, at this very moment, in the town of David, Bethlehem, a real place in real time, we're we're not talking fairy tale, this is a historical document that Luke's talking to us about. Who is is coming? A saviour has been born to you. Who is he? He is the Messiah. He's the king. That's what Messiah means. The king the king of all kings. He is the Lord. He's turned up. Here he is. Now, such a massive uh, announcement, as you'd expect, what happens for the shepherds? They are terrified. Uh, What do the the angels say to them? The angels say what they always say, don't be afraid. That's the first few words of every angel, isn't it? Uh, And it's what, what are they saying? No, no, no. This is an extraordinarily good thing. This is really, really good news for our world, really good news for you. Here is God the King who's been born to you, who's been born for you. Here is the King that is completely for you. He's come for you. He's come to rescue you. 
And, and notice he said it's good news of great joy for all people, all people down the centuries, all people across the globe, all people all the way down to us, even tonight, are going to benefit from this saviour, this king coming to the world. A massive announcement, as you'd expect, but notice Luke goes on to tell us how the shepherds should expect to find the king of the universe, the rescuer. How will they find him? Look at verse 12 with me. This will be the sign to you. This is how you'll know. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So hear what the angels are saying. Shepherds, God is on his way. Be clear on that. That's who he is. And here's how you'll know it's him. Here's how you'll know you've found the Messiah, the King, uh, the Saviour. What do you think it'll be? Now picture yourself, imagine you're a shepherd. What do you reckon you would be expecting when royalty comes? When a king is about to arrive? Think with me like a shepherd for a moment. There you are out in the field. Picture yourself surrounded by those angels on that night. And and you're being told the saviour of the world is coming into your world. In your vicinity in your town, and here's how you'll know that you've found him. What would you be expecting the angels to say? Well, I need to uh, confess, I've been watching the Harry and Meghan Netflix series. (laughs) Um, I don't know, does that win me more respect or less respect, more love? It's, it's, uh, you know, won me a lot of points with my wife. I, I did it out of love for my wife. Um, some people were completely shocked that I've entered into this Netflix series, but it, I actually found it really great. It was, it was very interesting and intriguing. Uh, you know, you don't have to believe everything they say, that's okay. It's, it's actually a very romantic, it's a love story across the six episodes. There's, there's a bit of an advertisement for you. Um, but really interesting uh, insight into the life of what it looks like to be a royal it's just this weird thing in our, even in our culture today in uh, 2022 that you are a royal, you're born into this family and there's all this privilege and power and prestige around you and life is never going to be the same. It's always going to be different. You're always going to be a royal and you're always going to be treated special and that's how the story unfolds and we know how it ends as they exit the royal family. But do you remember back four years ago when they came to Australia in 2018. Now, all you guys who love the royals, you were all there, weren't you, to see Harry and Meghan? Um, But it was a massive deal, wasn't it? Every stop is pulled out there and, and there they are in all their glory. What happens when you see royalty come to town? They come in all their splendor, don't they? They come with all their security, their privilege... Massive display of, of wealth and class is, is on display, isn't it? Uh, what's it like when just important people come into town? Um, they come in all their glory, don't they? In all their beauty. Uh, they come in all their luxury. They come, if you notice, they come with all their people. This massive entourage comes with them. I don't know what the stats are, but they come with their own planes and their own cars. It's a huge deal. It's a massive fanfare. It is 
full of big press releases, massive media pack follows them around. You can't miss them. Everyone's going to see how great they are. So if that's what it, if that's what it looks like for just the royal family of England, what's it going to look like when Jesus turns up in all his greatness? Can you imagine it? The shepherds must have been thinking, this has to be big. This has to be very, very big. God is going to come in his greatness, in his power, in his privilege, in his prestige. But notice the angel doesn't say anything like that. I reckon what we're going to see tonight is Jesus comes in really, really surprising ways. Follow this with me. Look what the angel says in verse 12 again. Here's how you'll find the king of the world. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. This is really strange. This is really surprising. The angel says, when the king comes, you'll hardly notice him. He'll be tucked away. When God arrives, he'll, he'll fly under the, the public radar, so to speak. And if you're not watching, if you're not listening, you will miss him. You'll completely miss him. And why is this? Well, it's because God chooses to come in incredibly humble ways. He chooses to come in incredibly humble ways and he chooses to identify with incredibly humble, common people. Let's have a look at the details of that and then I want to talk to you about why. Why does God choose it this way? Well, look at this humble arrival. Um, You'd think that he'd come... And he'd be born into a rich, impressive, prominent family, wouldn't you? But who is Jesus born? What family is he born into? Well, he's born to a woman named Mary. Uh, She's a teenager. She's young. She's not married. She's from a backwater town. Poor family. There's no prestige there. There's no status there. And notice, Jesus is not born... It's not like he's born in this luxury private hospital uh, with, you know with all the hygiene, all the cleanliness, all the, all the technology, if you like. It's not like he's got all the security around him or the paparazzi uh, hounding his family. It's actually the very opposite, isn't it? There's no place for him in the inn. I think it says even his parents don't have enough money or influence to get a room for the birth, is what Luke is telling us. He's born in an animal feeding trough. That's what a manger is. It's incredibly humble, isn't it? He's, he's wrapped in second-hand cloths. He's surrounded by animals in someone's basement. That's humble. He's not uh, projected, displayed in pristine purple robes. This is not an Instagram-worthy moment, is it? We love those moments. Um, when, when babies are born, uh, don't we love to dress them up, pretty clothing or no clothing at all, um, arrange them beautifully, we stage them, we put the props out, we take the photos and we put it on Instagram. But here is God displayed in cloths, lying in an animal feeding box. That's how he shows his glory. And you can imagine this being pretty strange for the shepherds, can't you? You'll find the king of the world, you'll find the saviour, 
wrapped in cloths in an animal feeding tray. You can imagine them going around, going around trying to find this king, uh, knocking on doors. Have you, have you seen, have you heard that this king has arrived? Uh, he's meant to be wrapped in cloths. He's meant to be lying in a manger. Have you seen him? By the way, he's the king of the world. It's strange, isn't it? And it's not because God forgot to book a room. It's not because God couldn't afford it. It's not because God wasn't organised. He chooses to arrive this way, exactly this way. And not only did he choose to arrive in a humble way, he, he chose to hang out with humble people, common people, nobodies. So you notice, who does the angel appear for this big announcement? It's shepherds. Now we might think, what's wrong with a shepherd? We've got a pretty good view, clean view of a shepherd. Back in the first century, shepherds were pretty shabby people. Uh, Living and working out in the paddock, in the field, uh, you get pretty dirty. Uh, These are the guys that live with the animals, sleep outdoors, don't wear deodorant. And they're also, they're not only shabby, they're also considered to be, they were considered to be shonky people, dishonest people. Uh, Something about not participating in the worship of Israel, of being out in the fields, they had a bad reputation as not being trustworthy. They actually weren't even permitted to give testimony in court. So if you want to call a witness, and your witness happens to be a shepherd, you're in a lot of trouble, because he's not going to be trusted in court. Shabby and shonky. Here are the, the kind of the poor men of the day, the lower class, the not regarded, the not respected, the not good reputation kind of guys. And what does God do? He chooses to announce his coming to shepherds. Here are the first ones to come and visit the king of the world. It's really weird, isn't it? I mean, who are the first ones to come and visit our babies? Um, Have you ever visited a newborn? You've got to give respect, haven't you, for those who are in the inner circle, the, the close family, the close friends. If you get invited in in those first couple of days, you are a special person. Um, but here's God who chooses for the first visit common, dirty, ordinary, untrustworthy shepherds who announce Jesus is here, who testify God is here. They're not allowed to testify in court, but God chooses them to testify about his arrival, the saviour of the world. It's not dignitaries, it's not reputable people, it's not reporters give a good press release, it's shepherds. And the humble circumstances continue. He's, he's born to humble parents. Um, think about Mary for a moment. Mary is a surprisingly humble woman. And I say surprisingly because of all the people in the world, her son did achieve great things, yeah? What has your son achieved? <laughs> um, she, she, can be, she could have been incredibly proud, couldn't she? My son became the saviour of the world. Uh, she's humble. She ha- she, she, it's hard to take it in and she would have been struggling to take it all in. But she's the mother of Jesus. She's about to give birth to the saviour of the world, the son of God, the most powerful man in the world. God has used her to bring all his plans for 
hundreds of years to fruition. We've called this series uh, Christmas Through the Eyes of Mary. And what do we learn from Mary tonight? I reckon we learn she's incredibly humble. And there's the secret to Christmas. There's the secret for her being a strong woman, a beautiful woman in God's sight. But look down with me at verse 19, chapter 2, and you get a glimpse amongst all the, the chaos, amongst all the excitement. Here is a woman of great strength, of great composure. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. What does she do? She ponders, she treasures, she thinks, she listens. What is God doing? How is God using me? Who is this one? What has God promised? How has this been fulfilled? What do I need to do? That is profound humility. Listening to God, pondering, thinking. It's a great, there's a great insight into a, her head and heart from the song, uh, the chapter before, if you flick over to verse 46, she says, My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Saviour. There's her relationship with God. God, you are magnificent. You are glorious. You are my Saviour. There, there is a, the humbling moment for Mary. I need saving. I need you, my God, my Saviour. I will need this son that you've brought to rescue me. That's humility. So what have we seen? We've seen here is the king of the world, the saviour, who comes in incredibly humble circumstances. He's born to humble parents. He's, he's been announced to humble shepherds. And in character with all of this, this king will be an incredibly humble king. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I don't think we're very familiar with kings who are humble. Uh, Kings are not usually humble, they're usually proud. Uh, In our world, isn't it so true that we're so used to um, people in power using their power not to serve people, but to rule it over and even abuse people? It totally takes us by surprise when someone of great power, of great privilege, lowers themselves to serve other people. That's weird, that's different. Uh, we, know what, we know that's what makes the best leaders, the best prime ministers, the best presidents and kings. Humility, we just hardly ever see it, yeah? I reckon you see it, though, in the royal family. Um, now, we love the royals, right? Um, even if you're a Republican, we, you know... In Christ, we're all one here, monarchists and republicans, it's all good. But think about the royal family. The royal family have uh, huge popularity ratings. Um, They have popularity ratings of between 60 and 80% uh, stats show. Now, maybe uh, you don't love any of the royals, but isn't it true that we love some royals more than others? We love some of the senior members of the royal family more than some of the other senior members of the royal family. Who do you think is more popular of these two? Queen Elizabeth or King Charles? Do you really think King Charles is going to be as popular as Queen Elizabeth? Uh, I think people are really, really nervous 
about the whole integrity of the royal family, I think Australians are probably thinking, here is our chance for the Republic um, because we don't like King Charles. His, his uh, popularity ratings haven't been going well. Why is that? I reckon it's got a lot to do with Queen Elizabeth, hasn't it? She proved herself over 70 years that she was someone who would give herself to her country, give herself to the Commonwealth. And you keep hearing that speech when she was 21, she, I will give all to this. And she did, right to her dying breath. She served the people. And it's just that we haven't seen that with King Charles. Or maybe there's other reasons why you don't like King Charles. Um, Here's another one, Lady Diana. Why did we love Lady Diana? It's because of these pictures, isn't it? It's because she stepped down from royalty, from prestige, from power and said, I want to help. I want to love. There's something just so profound about that, isn't there? Uh, It's actually a picture of the most humble King Jesus. The one who's king of all and yet washes the feet of the disciples. The one who's king of all but heals and feeds and preaches so people might enter the eternal kingdom. The eternal kingdom that he's going to create. He's the one who serves by dying a humiliating death on the cross so that we might be forgiven. We might enter this eternal kingdom. He is the humble, suffering king who came to rescue us and why does God do it this way why does God send a humble king why is he born into humble circumstances why is it announced to humble shepherds to humble parents let me give you quick three quick reasons the first one is he said he would do it this way the second one is it's the kind of God he is the third one is and I'll finish with this to shame the proud he wants to shame the proud and he wants to welcome the humble so very quickly, he, said, he always said he would do this. Uh, 700 years before the arrival of Jesus, prophet after prophet said, here there is one coming. This is what he'll be like. This is what he'll do. Uh, there's, there's hundreds of them. I can't explain them all tonight. But he promised to the prophet Isaiah he would be born to an unmarried virgin, Isaiah chapter 7. He promised to the prophet Micah, uh, there will be one who will be born, the saviour will be born in the town of David in Bethlehem. He promised to the prophet Jeremiah, he'll be born in a particular family line, the descendant, he'll be a descendant of, the, of King David. Psalm 72 says, shepherds will come and visit him. The prophet Isaiah says in chapter 53, he'll not come in the glory and the victory you think, you think of in worldly terms. He'll come, he will come in victory, he will come in glory, but he'll come as a suffering servant. He'll grow up in very humble circumstances, Isaiah says. Isaiah says he'll even be despised, people will hate him. He'll have nothing that draws us to him. He'll be familiar with suffering. Can you see, God promises... And it happens. God said it would happen, and it did happen. What God promises will happen, will happen. And there's every reason to believe 
his promises for the future. He said one day we'll stand to give an account. Have we accepted this saviour? Have we bowed the knee to this king? He said that day is coming. So that day will come. He said that he would welcome home those who know him, who've bowed the knee to Jesus, uh, who've been forgiven by him, and he will. So it's what God's always said, but it's also the kind of God that, God, the kind of God that he is. Uh, he's not a distant God. He's not a God that in, sits on his royal throne and issues edict and hates the world. He's a, he's a God who comes close. He's Emmanuel. He's God with us. He becomes human. He suffers in our place. He feels the messiness, the reality of our pain. He associates with the downtrodden, with the humble, the ordinary. He's full of love and compassion. That's the kind of God he is. It shouldn't surprise us that he comes as he does. And he comes and he suffers and he dies for us to rescue us. But let me finish with this. He, all of this means he shames the proud and he welcomes the humble. Understand that this Christmas. He shames the proud but he welcomes the humble. He shames the proud because proud people don't reckon they need him. I want you to picture for a moment a rock star, your favourite rock star. Your favourite rock star is coming to Wollongong. Now, picture someone in your head. I know who you've got in your head. You've got Beyonce, Elton John, Bruce Springsteen, Adele. That's who I've got in my head. Lady Gaga, Taylor Swift... Now imagine they come and rather than hanging out with all the important people, the rich people, the privileged people, imagine if they hang out with all the marginalised people, the ordinary people. What would that say? That would say to those privileged people, I don't approve of how you're living. There's something about wealthy, successful people, isn't there? There's something about us as Aussies. There's something about us when we've done really well, we become self-sufficient, don't we? I achieved it. And what does that mean? It means we don't need anyone else. What does that mean? We don't need God. People are self-sufficient reckon they can live independently of God. But God comes for the lowly ones. God comes for the humble ones. God God comes for the ones who know they need to depend on him. It really divides people. The Apostle Paul said, God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. It is completely upside down, isn't it? And you get that idea from Mary's song as well. She says, here's what God has always done. Here's what God will do in Jesus. He scatters those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He brings down rulers from their thrones. But but hear this. He lifts up the humble. He lifts up the humble. And so I I want to say to you tonight, this really important thing. He will welcome the nobody. He will welcome the humble. 
which means he can welcome people like you and I if we're willing to humble ourselves. If you're humble in heart, if you're poor in spirit, that's exactly the person that Jesus came for. Jesus points to the people who know they need him and says, they are the people I came for. If you're the kind of person who goes, I know I haven't always lived right before God, I know I need forgiveness, Jesus has come for you. If you're the kind of person who goes, as I think about the world, not everything is right. As I think about my life, not everything is right. We really do need a saviour. The world needs a saviour. I need a saviour. I need someone to put all this right. I'm looking forward to that day. Then he's come for you. Do you you understand? He comes, he welcomes the humble. And he scatters the proud. Uh, it, It... It's a massive invitation, isn't it? He came for everyone and anyone who knows they need to depend on him. They need him. So let me finish with this question for you. Here's the question as we come into Christmas this year. Are we humble enough to receive the king of the universe for ourselves? Are we humble enough to receive him as saviour, as our king? It takes humility, doesn't it? Are we humble enough to admit our need? Our need to be forgiven so that God might welcome us home. That's the question we need to ask ourselves. Are we humble enough to receive Jesus as our saviour? I hope and pray that that's you, that you go, that, that is me. I need Jesus. Thank you so much that he came. All glory, or praise be to you. You are exactly the saviour I need. I pray and I hope and pray that's you. Uh, many of you, that's the case. Uh, but can I, can I say, if that's not you, if you're still thinking about these things, keep asking, keep thinking, keep pondering, do what Mary did. Think, treasure up, ponder, ask. Come along to our life series uh, in, in, in six weeks' time. This is so important, isn't it? Jesus will scatter you if you're proud, but he'll receive you, he'll welcome you if you are humble. Here is the most important thing of all. Here is the saviour, the king who's come into our world. But here's the thing, how will you respond to him? Are you humble to receive him as saviour? Let me pray for us. Our great heavenly father, thank you so much for Christmas. In the midst of all the messiness, the busyness, the craziness, how hectic it is, uh, Lord, help us to do what Mary did, to ponder, to think, to treasure up these things in our heart, to focus ourselves on Jesus, to remember him. You came into our world. You entered the messiness, the brokenness. Uh, You became our saviour. You are our Lord. Father, help us to humbly bow the knee to this one. Help us to come to him wanting forgiveness, receiving forgiveness, receiving life. Help us to come with great thankfulness this Christmas and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.